Welcome everybody to another podcast here at City of Hope Church. I'm Jeremy and with me is Clay and this is week five of our small group series. And I just I just want to say before we get started that I'm absolutely loving these podcasts. I'm loving this book. I'm loving small groups so far. I think it's incredible. I think it's allowing us to really uh, get to the core of some things and really go deep, um, and not only as a church corporately, but uh, individually in our lives and our small groups. I, I think it's just a beautiful thing. I think the Lord's really using it to to draw us even closer and closer to Him. The past couple of weeks, we've been spending some time talking about identity, and then before that, we talked about gospel. And so if you haven't heard any of those discussions, you can go back on our podcast and listen to um, those. Uh, We're going to, before we jump into the next value, which is going to be community, we're going to spend this week talking uh, pretty much about testimony. Yeah, and I guess we should say one of the things that people regularly ask us is what you know what pages in the book are this over. So we just finished, we just finished. You, you will either be finishing or just finishing when you hear this uh, identity week four, uh, which would be pages sixty one through eighty one. So we're like you said before, we're moving into community. We want to take a break right here in identity and hang out. Yeah. And then we want to focus in on Appendix C in the back of the book, writing your testimony. And so we wanted to kind of do like a an addendum here to identity and talk about our, our testimony a little bit. Yeah, that's on page 209, Appendix C, writing your testimony. Um, I'm going to share something. Well, I guess before... Before we get into that, I, I, I do just want to say this. When I think about God and I think about seeing his individual or his um, His unseen attributes, so to speak, in the world around me. Of course, I'm, I'm big into the outdoors. I love that. I think spending time outdoors is real. When you see his creation, you're, you're close to him. But also, when I, see, when I think about the word testimony... And when I think about relationships and people, and when I hear, I love going back and 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 hearing people's story of, of what they've been through and how God has used uh, their lives and so forth and so on. I think it it's such it, there's so much power in it. Mm-hmm. And, and we and we read that Revelation twelve eleven. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And just right out of the gate, yeah. your testimony is extremely powerful. Um, and like he says here in the book, you know, one of the easiest ways to share the good news of Jesus is through your own experience. Um, God is a God of history who works all things for the good of those he loves, Romans eight twenty eight. Um, and so God knows your story. He knows the highs and lows of your life. He knows the, the good times, the bad times, the painful times. Uh, and he wants to redeem all of those things for his glory and for your good. Uh, and so your testimony, first and foremost, is is powerful. Yeah, it absolutely is. And, you know, you started out with a verse there that obviously I was thinking about as well because it, it always has to do with the testimony. We think about that verse a lot. One thing that's interesting, and as we talk about identity in particular, one of the things that keeps coming up is just how really there's so many demonic attacks in our world, and it's always been that way, is that Satan is after our identities. 
he wants the image of God in us marred and broken and shattered, and he wants us confused and always questioning who we are and not understanding that we are the beloved sons and daughters of God, called, chosen, anointed, equipped, empowered, forgiven, you know, all of those. He don't want us to know any of that. And he's constantly causing us and, and trying to get us to question that. And it says that the accuser of our brethren, the, like the one who comes and accuses us, and we hear those accusations in our mind every day that we are this or we're that, or you're, you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not loved, nobody likes you, whatever, whatever voice, whatever internal voice that is, Satan comes to bring those accusations against us. You're guilty. Uh, you don't deserve this. And it says, but we overcame the accuser, the mm -hmm. one who brings those, those voices into our heart to, to make us question our identity and who we are in Christ. We overcame him by one, the blood of the lamb. Basically, it's saying this isn't something that we earn for ourselves. The blood of the lamb has purchased for me this identity. It's not something that I earn on my own merit or something that I deserve, but it's something that Jesus himself on the cross paid for me to have in his own blood. Yeah. So I overcome because of what Jesus has done for me on the cross, but then I testify personally to who that blood makes me, what, what Jesus' victory makes me. I overcome by the word of my testimony and because I did not love my life unto death. So whatever it is that Satan is, uh, whatever false identity the powers of darkness are trying to bring us into, we have an encounter with Jesus and our identity changes. Mm. When you become a believer in Christ, you have a legitimate encounter with Jesus. It says that you are now a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And so much of your Christian walk is simply learning to put off those old things because they have been done away with and coming to learn who you are as a new creation in Christ and putting that on and living it out day by day. Mm. And, and so, you know, you can say, well, I was addicted. I, I was afraid. I was lonely. I was bound. You know, one place that we read a couple of weeks ago in 1 Corinthians 6, Paul says... He gives this big list of, of sins and people that practice certain types of sins. And then he says, such were some of you, but now you are washed. Mm. You are justified. Yeah. You are sanctified. You are redeemed. And so, so you see that change in identity because God has set you free. He's delivered you. And, and so in Christ, we, have, we are a new creation. And your testimony, a lot of people won't share their testimony because it doesn't seem profound to them. You know, maybe they weren't an addict. Maybe they were. Uh, but maybe it, it doesn't seem like this big, amazing, miraculous thing. Right. But if you can simply share a moment where G this is a moment that marked my life, where Jesus came into my life uh, and, 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 and did something in me, that itself has so much power that you cannot even imagine. And just because it doesn't seem like it's powerful to you doesn't, doesn't mean that it doesn't hold power. Yeah. It, it holds an immense amount of power. And so so we want we want to share that. I, I guess, Jeremy, if it's cool with you, I mean, I think just kind of sharing maybe a few thoughts on like what the testimony is and, it, and the importance of it itself, um, maybe first, and then kind of getting into working through your own personal testimony, working mm -hmm. through some stuff in your past kind of thing. Yeah, I really like the layout, honestly, of of – 
writing your testimony. So I guess we can just talk about that layout just a little bit and and kind of how how it's structured in the book. And um, there's a couple things I like. So so it's there's a couple steps involved. And and one, uh, you know, I encourage you guys again to really take some time and do this um, and really allow the Lord to to work in your life and to uncover some things in your life because. I mean that's what the, the that's the point of these small groups, right? That's the that's the point of this whole thing. You know, we we love getting together and we love sharing a meal and we love fellowshipping and all those things. But we also encourage you guys to you know to really have these discussions, really spend this time um, to yourself. And and I'm excited to see what God's going to do uh, in and through it. So first on starting on page two ten there and two eleven, you're going to see some different event titles description and then this like scoring system almost so you're going to begin by filling out these kind of life event sections and you're going to include the events that led you to know jesus as your lord and savior and then you're going to chart those points on essentially a timeline um, throughout your life and then the last and final step is you can actually write out your whole story and, and what I really like about this is it has you write it out in like a 10-minute format and three-minute format. And really that boils down to, you know, I think you should spend some time really writing out the details of your entire kind of story. But then also kind of condensing it down to the main points so that, you know, when you do share it. And I think um, it, it's powerful, right? You know, when you're in your small groups this week, uh, you know, take some time and maybe share some of your uh, testimony. But I really like the event titles because it, it gets you to thinking about, specific things that's happened in your life uh, specific events um, and what's happened and also kind of how God used that or or brought about about freedom in that or maybe it's still a thing in your life where you really need uh, to hang out for a minute um, and, and I think we want to hang out here for just a second Clay and talk about this because honestly when we're talking about identity and I, and I spoke on this I feel like the Lord really spoke to me uh, several weeks ago, we, we had a Wednesday night prayer meeting, and, and one of the things that I talked about is I felt like the Lord was saying to me that many people know Jesus as Savior but not Redeemer. And really what, what I, I mean there is there's a lot of things that we go through as human beings, um, things that happen to us that are extremely uncomfortable, and we hold some deep, deep wounds from those things. And, and God wants to get at the root of those. He wants to uncover those. He wants, you know, they're a part of your story. They're a part of your testimony. He wants to use those things. But to be honest, man, they're extremely uncomfortable. And so I think this gives us an opportunity this week to really look at our lives and uh, maybe tackle some inner healing that needs to happen in some areas of our life. Yeah, that's that's so essential. I mean, you know, one of the things we talked about in our small group this week was how you know, a lot of Christians go through their lives, they hear sermon after sermon after sermon, uh, but they never actually process their own past and experience some inner healing and and wrestle with this issue of identity, like who they really are, and inviting Jesus into some of their wounds and into a lot of their experiences uh, to be set free. Um I want to be careful about how much I share, but I mean, after I got saved, for example, I had I had this encounter with the Lord, and I don't I don't want to get into too many specifics here, but I had I was in prayer, probably like maybe 
I don't know, three months after I got like really saved and set free. And I'm in prayer. I'm, I'm kind of just like honestly laying in my bedroom praying. And I get this image in my mind, like an image, a bad image for me when I was 10 years old. It had, it had to do with like my dad and my mom and them being divorced and like family issues and stuff. And I got this image in my mind, a, a, a vivid memory. And I thought, man, this is one, I've not thought about this in forever. This is one of my most hated memories uh, as a child. And, and I thought, well, this has got to be the devil. So I just tried to, tried to push through and keep, keep praying but instead it, it kept coming to my mind and anyway what what I found out what was happening was the Holy Spirit was trying to get to some of my wounds from my past that still needed healing even though I'd been set free from a lot of things and was growing in my Christian walk was better in a better position than I'd ever been spiritually but he still knew there was that healing needed to be done mm-hmm. and so he he brought that up so that I could forgive as I needed, so that I could get a proper perspective of what was going on in my life and invite Jesus into those wounds to let him begin a healing process for me in some of those areas Mm -hmm. as a child. I was talking with somebody just this past week. I cannot tell you the number of times that I've sat down to counsel people and we've prayed and I've just asked the Holy Spirit to come and reveal any wounds that needed to be healed. And this person immediately just shared with me and said, said, you know, this moment's coming to me right now and and she began to cry and and it was a moment with her and her mom where their mom spoke almost like an identity statement over her that she hadn't thought about in years and 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 the lord brought that to the surface so there could be healing and we we invited jesus into that memory you know she got an image of jesus walking into that and just the love of jesus flooding that moment and people need that kind of inner healing in some of these things and it's it's deeply spiritual, but the Holy Spirit shows up to do it uh, if you're open to it. Uh, a lot of times I've counseled a lot of people in different ways, uh, and and uh, but sometimes I'll walk them through that process. And one of the things I say, you know, Jesus said, he read Isaiah 61, and he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach good news to the afflicted, to the poor. Because the first thing you need to hear is the good news of God's love for you in the middle of your brokenness. And once you hear that good news, it opens you mm-hmm. to that reality of salvation. That's the gospel. But secondly, he knows that you need a new identity. And the second thing that he says is actually, I've come to heal the brokenhearted. Mm-hmm. So once you hear the gospel, the second thing you actually need is you need inner healing. Yeah. You've got wounds. You've got trauma. You've got things passed down. Uh, in your family line, your 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 family of origin, like the way your parents raised you. Maybe you lost a parent. Maybe you experienced death as a, as a young person. Maybe you were abused. Maybe somebody in your family molested you. Like there could be a, a, all kinds of different things. Maybe it was just even a moment where your dad said something to you that stuck with you that you can't hardly get. You just, you're not able to shake it. And a lot of times, like you said, we bury that stuff and never even process it and think mm-hmm. we're all good. Yeah. Well, you start praying and you invite the Holy Spirit into some of these things and he starts resurfacing those. Well, then you find that there's areas where we need to, we need love and affirmation. We need to release some people through forgiveness. We need to get a proper perspective because after he heals the brokenhearted, he said to bring recovery of sight to the blind. 
that means that once our hearts are healed, we can see God for who he is. Mm. We can see us for who we truly are, our true identity, that we're not just this wounded little boy over here that's broken because of all the things that have happened to us, but we're, we're a new creation. And then we start to see the people around us, the people that we hated for what they did to us. Now we can love them. We can yeah. forgive them. We see properly. And then guess what he says? To proclaim liberty to the captives. You're a captive because of things that were done to you. Okay, so you get set free from the things that people have done to you. Then he says to open the prison door to those who are bound. You're in prison because of the things that you've done. He does mm-hmm. both of them in one fell swoop. After he heals our broken heart, opens our eyes to the truth, and then we see that truth and we get set free from things that have been done to us, things that, that we've done ourselves, and then he proclaims the year of the Lord's favor because then we start to walk in that healing and blessing, and we actually become a channel of salvation and deliverance to people around us the same way that Jesus brought us through it. And and look, this can all take place right here in this section. Yeah, that's will, crazy. Because you simply sit down with the Lord and say, Lord, I need to map some of these things out. Yeah. And, and, if, and if some people will listen to me on this, and you're sitting down and you're going through these, and maybe the Holy Spirit brings up a vivid memory of something that happened to you when you're just a little boy or a little girl or what, whatever it is, you know those, those high trauma points. Like you know those moments in your life where, where this changed everything. Mm-hmm. Or, or, and, and the Holy Spirit will be very, if you'll ask him and you'll take a moment with the Lord, he'll show you some specific stuff. And I would encourage you to write that down. But even as a part of healing, when you're walking through forgiveness, I might encourage you to, you know, the, the person, if it's a fa- someone in your family that, that, that uh, affected you, you know, you may even want to write them a letter. You may be le- led to write them a letter, and, but, but, but do it in a way where, where, you know, you are, you, you don't even have to bring up the garbage, so to speak. What you're wanting to do is write it in such a way where you're allowing, you're speaking over them maybe how God has now allowed you to see them once you've experienced that healing. And so for some of you that comes later on down in the line, but that brings restoration because God give, wants to give you a new view mm-hmm. of, of maybe even the people that have hurt you. And, and uh, anyway, there's a lot of in-depth things to that. But what he says there at, at the end is, is, listen, God works all things together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. If you are in Christ, you're, that's you. Mm. You're called according to his purpose. And even though we have free will, ultimately he is sovereign and he's able to take every single mishap, everything that we messed up, everything that somebody else messed up against us, every piece of brokenness, and he is able to work it for his ultimate purpose and your good and his glory. And he's able to redeem it. And that means that he's able to polish something that's filthy and broken and make it beautiful. That's good news. Yes. Mm. He wants to redeem everything. So whatever you're even going through right now, I mean, there's people, you know, that are under the sound of my voice. They, they have been abused. They've experienced trauma. They've had deaths in the family, like loss. They ha- are dealing with infertility. There's so many different things. And I, and I know it hurts in the middle of it. But this isn't the end of the story. Mm. This is part of the story. And God, if you, if you, Satan, now Satan wants to throw accusations in there. 
and 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 get you use that trauma and that pain and that loss to get you rooted into a spirit of fear or a spirit of rejection and open the door for evil but see god that's where you keep your heart clean you give it to god you allow him to clean those wounds and you invite jesus into it and there's healing that comes and i'm telling you he uses that he brings beauty from ashes yeah the oil of joy for mourning uh, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness and he makes something that looks broken so much more beautiful. And then he actually uses it to not only impact your life, but impact somebody else's life. So nothing in your life is ever wasted. Mm-hmm. Nothing. And e- even if it's as painful as you can ever imagine, nothing is your, in, in your life is ever wasted. And uh, Yeah, I'm glad we're talking about this um, because I think, I, I don't know, I, I guess for me, when I thought of just like the word testimony and what that meant, I thought it was just like the moment I got saved. Right. Or or the story that kind of revolved around that. And that is a part of it for sure, yes. obviously. But your testimony is so much yeah. more. It's every one of these things. It's all of these events. There's, mm-hmm. you know, countless things. And that's as a Christian, as we grow, it's almost like we're an onion. It's like God is peeling back yes. layer after layer because as soon as one thing, you know, as soon as we work through one thing, it's like, okay, now, now I can, now God's like, I can bring you into this thing. Now let's talk, let's talk about that. Let's, you know, I want you to invite me here and then yeah. there. And so we're constantly being refined and he's constantly working about good in our lives and kind of maturing us in that. And so as you think about your testimony, yes, it is, you know, uh, you know, when you became a Christian or your, your time of, you know, how you, you, you got to know the Lord and how you gave your life to the Lord. But there's, that's not just it. It's all of your life. It's all of these events. It's all of these things. Yeah. And, you know, what I found with my testimony, because I've actually spent a lot of time, I've preached in a lot of places. And when I first started preaching, I had an encounter with the Lord that was so significant that it was like, well, this is this is an easy story to tell, mm. and and you know, and I and I would usually get up and tell it from from the vantage point of like, kind of where I felt like my life went in a particular direction, and and for me, and and you know, I re- honestly I really hate sharing sharing it, these things sometimes because because my my mom and dad will listen to this, and and they felt it too because it's a part of their testimony. But, you know, when they got divorced, that impacted me, obviously, as any as any child it would. And so for me, I guess that was where I, I became aware of certain things. And that was also at a point where I feel like I started heading in a particular path. And there was brokenness there. You know, there were depression. I turned to alcohol and some drugs and, and sexual sin and, and different types of things like that and went down a path. But but ultimately, all those things converged, you know, when I was in college, and uh, and I started seeking the Lord, among other things. I just wanted truth, and 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 over the course of like a year of me really seeking the Lord privately by myself, I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit where Jesus just manifested Himself to me, revealed Himself to me, set me, I mean, just completely free. Uh, from so much of that stuff and and absolutely changed my life and changed who I was and and gave me a new identity and um, and I'm still growing and he's still peeling back layers and I'm still revisiting past wounds Mm -hmm. Uh, that's not the you know 
so, so that that is the apex of what I would consider my testimony. Sure. But at the same time, I still have things that are happening that are a part of my ongoing testimony, things I've experienced, things I've seen God do in others that are a part of the testimony. But I guess my point is, you know, and even what they'll say in this is, is this isn't just don't think of your testimony just as a story that you're writing down so you can tell somebody else. This is this is about you. This is between you and God. This has got to do with your own redemption and your salvation and your own personal inner healing. So there's things that may come up that you might not necessarily share if you got up and stood up and gave a five-minute testimony. Right. But you still need to work through it for your own spiritual health, for your own redemption, and let the Holy Spirit work through through some of those things. And there's going to be moments, moments of trauma, moments of pain, moments of revelation, like where you where you remember, I don't know, like I remember I got a very specific moment where I remember one night just being at the end of myself and reaching into a drawer for looking for drugs and seeing a Bible at the bottom of it. And it, it like it just stuck out to me like a like like a shining light. Mm-hmm. And I started reading that in the middle of all this stuff. Yeah. And and it and it bring it bring it out. So so there's just moments where where you you remember that. And for many of you, I'm telling you, you're going to get into this, and there's going to be moments that pop up that you have buried. Yeah. And it is going to hurt, and you're not going to want to talk about it. And here's the thing: small groups. In our small group, just this past week, we had a couple of people really share some vulnerable moments in their life. And I get that you don't always want to do that in front of like 15 or 20 people or whatever. But on some level, life's hard, y'all. And like if you can't, we're confessing our pains, our traumas, our faults to one another and praying for one another that we may be healed. Mm-hmm. When you bring this, this trauma, this pain, or even your, your own sinfulness, things you've done into the light and let your brothers and sisters love you and pray for you, man, God invades that, that mm-hmm. space. And the Holy Spirit's poured out in that moment in ways that the the worst thing you could have is a bunch of shallow relationships where nobody ever talks and nobody and, and just somebody comes in and verbatim teaches out of a book. You need to open your heart up and let somebody in. I ain't saying yeah. you gotta let everybody in. Yeah. But you gotta let God in first and foremost and you need to let somebody else in too, because if you're not processing this stuff, you're gonna you're gonna stay the same. Yeah. Locked into your old identity, your old nature. This is so powerful. I mean so powerful. I mean that's that's the whole point of these things is coming together and, and yes, as hard as that may be, like you said, sharing some things and letting you know, iron sharpens iron and we're all in this thing together. Yeah. And as a church we wanna grow in our relationships. We wanna be there for one another. And so take advantage of these groups take advantage of your small group leaders or whoever you know you feel comfortable with talking to and and let the lord really uncover some things in your life i know for me you know since we're talking about testimony you know just for example i don't think i really even understood what what some of this was until a moment in my life where i started having these dreams like i didn't even really intentionally like say lord or maybe I did. Maybe I was I was wanting to grow as a Christian. I was wanting to grow as a person, and I you know things like that. But I started having these dreams, to where um, essentially my wife was cheating on me, and it was so real that I, I it's it's like I woke up in those dreams and I couldn't separate reality from the dream. 
and I was being just tormented by it. And we had conversations and things. And over the to make a long story short, you know, through prayer and through fasting and things like that, eventually God gave me a dream in which I kind of, you know, broke or literally in the dream I cut the head off of this thing that was like a generational curse in my life. Yeah. You know, my parents had divorced when I was I was young and, and throughout my, my family, you know, that was a, a thing that happened quite often and I was so afraid that that, I, that was going to be my story. Like I was going to fail as a husband mm-hmm. and, and a, as a father and it would it would break. And then, but I, and that was a terrible time in my life. Like it was, it was, like I would have to, I sleep pretty good, but I, when I had these dreams, sometimes I would have to get up out of the bed and go in the living room and pray through it. And like it would torment me. And so going through it was very uncomfortable, but what allowed, but in that moment, God was able to bring freedom yeah. to not only my life, but my son's life yeah. and generations past me. Yeah. I mean, that's, that, that's huge. Yeah. And that's so powerful. And when you invite God into these extremely hard places in your life, He will bring about redemption yeah. and change. And and He'll do it. I mean, people want to get spooked out by the supernatural, but I mean, I just don't have time to 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 try to pl- play down things anymore at this point. I mean. God operates and functions in the supernatural, and the Holy Spirit does as well, and it's just how it works. Yeah. Uh, so, so I, I offer no apologies for that, but, but, but the the demonic wants so badly, just like even in your situation with that, to lock you into that generational identity, you know, and lock yes. you. Yes. And so many people have just totally embraced this is who I am. I'm always going to be this pain. I'm always going to be this loss. And it's not that that pain and that loss didn't happen to you. It's just that it doesn't have to define you in that way anymore. Mm. You're going to continue to carry that wound. I tell this story all the time about about the boy, you know, my professor, when he was he was an older man when I talked to him, but he told me about how the, the Lord just really healed his mom. His mom, his dad did not know the Lord at all, and his mom ended up getting saved, and there was a lot of fighting in the house over it or whatever, but she had been abused very badly sexually abused by her father as a young girl and nobody really knew about it but she got saved and she would come home and pray and a lot of times he said she would pray in the spirit and and he would hear her and when he'd come in it was just like almost like a horrifying sound and he could just feel her pain and he would just sit he wouldn't even go he wouldn't go knock on the door he'd just sit in the living room or in the hallway and cry mm-hmm. and pray for her because uh, he knew she was going through so much pain, and one day he finally he comes home from school and he hears her in there, and he said it was like a he said it was like one of the most beautiful songs you've ever heard in your life, just like an angelic voice in there. And he said I went in with tears because I knew something had changed. And I knocked on the door and I said, Mama, he he said is is the wound gone now? And she said, No, honey, it's not gone. It's just clean. Mm. And and I mean, people just people need. They need those. They need Jesus so badly. She was in there processing it, inviting Jesus into those wounds, not locking out the pain. But see, now that 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 thing, that shame that she carried from what her dad did to her, mm-hmm. no longer defined who she was. She didn't have to walk under depression anymore. Mm. She realized it had happened, but now it was a wound that was cleaned, and the redemption of God could flow through it. 
so that man she would she would come because this uh, by the time i heard that story i saw this old woman she was like 90 years old and she would come to chapel services at seminary man and she she would take young women in her arms and and speak words of life over them and they'd break just she just functioned under power and just like a glorious level of love uh, because of how the lord had healed her and so all, all of that to say you know the demonic wants you to be locked into your identity based on things that you that you've been through and and never fully be healed from it. And I like I said, the wound never goes away. I think you're always needing to revisit a lot of those things that are deeply painful mm-hmm. because we're not saying, "Hey, just get over it." Matter of right. fact, we're saying the yeah. opposite. Yeah. We're saying, "Don't get over it." We're saying, "Go back into it, but let Jesus go into it with you." Yeah. Because you're basically just putting a band-aid or a big a big wrap around a wound that's infected. And and Jesus needs to walk into that to heal it. And it's and again, I don't I don't know all the specifics on how it happens. It, it legitimately is supernatural. The Holy yeah. Spirit comes and does a work through your relationship with Jesus. So that's good stuff. Yes. It's so beautiful, man. It, it's powerful. I guess you know. So so you're going to be y'all are going to be working through this and and you know we we've we've wondered if anybody has had any questions and up to this point you know we we record these podcasts in advance so that we can have them out early for you but we've not had any questions we actually just finished up week three in my small group you'll have week four this this weekend in yours jeremy and then Mm -hmm. and and that's what's coming up so we record these in advance but if you all have any questions regarding any of this we can always revisit some of these things and we'd love we'd love to hear from you and hear how some of these things are going uh but but that's as you're working through these testimonies you're 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 identifying moments that have defined you moments that have sought to lock you into a false identity moments that have caused trauma and pain and it's almost like there's a there's a chart there where you can sort of map it out as low levels high levels Mm -hmm. You know, painful levels, levels of great joy, and, and you're you're putting all these experiences in where you see that they've they've defined you, and then and then you do you do want to center it, I believe, your t- around what your your conversion experience. Yeah, yeah. What? How is it that Jesus entered into your life? That salvation moment, whatever it was, as as simple as it may have been. You you want to you do want to hone in on that, and for for some of you, I mean, this will even maybe even be a point, and it's not a point of shame at all. Like like you may even ask the question, man, have I even had that experience with Jesus? Uh, because because he wants you, you know what I'm saying? He wants you to have that assurance. He wants you to have that moment where where you realize by faith, I am I'm a child of God. I've been mm-hmm. redeemed. I've been saved. It may not be the wildest encounter ever. That's not that's not what it's about. Some people simply have put faith in Jesus and have decided to follow Him, and and they're they're seeing the change in the work of the Spirit in their life on a day-to-day basis, and that's a powerful testimony. Absolutely. Um, so so you're mapping that out. You're working through. You're working through some of that, and I might just uh, say a few things if it's cool, Jeremy. Just on on testimony, you know. There's a, another verse on in Revelation nineteen ten. Uh, John says, "I fell at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, see that you do not do that.' It was an angel. He said, "I'm your fellow servant and of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy." Now, there's really two two 
primary interpretations of this, I think. The primary interpretation is, is that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. They're saying that everything that was written in Scripture, everything, and that's part of what the book of Revelation is, and that's a little bit deeper, but it was all pointing to Jesus. The spirit of prophecy is ultimately about who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. But there's another interpretation. This this has kind of become a little bit popular, like in certain church circles. But it's the fact that a testimony of what Jesus has done actually prophesies to to what He can do in the here and now. Mm. So if I actually get up and speak out of my mouth, uh, this is what Jesus did in my life. Well, I've seen when I've done that, just people that are dealing with the same issues, all of a sudden have faith for Jesus to invade those same circumstances and situations in their life and not long ago when we prayed for um we prayed for trent sailor to be healed and anointed him with oil well he he felt you know he felt the heat of of the holy spirit he, he felt healing in his body he went and ate cheeseburger he was healed he comes back he gets up and gives the testimony and when he gave that testimony just saying what happened what jesus did for him in that moment well after church we had a line of people coming up for prayer for various things but what was that that testimony itself changed the environment changed the atmosphere and created faith in people's hearts to believe it it does it creates an, a spiritual atmosphere where all of a sudden faith faith is imparted and people say well if god did that for them he can do that for me right now exactly and the, yeah. and they step forward into it so declaring your testimony is often going to be a vehicle by which the promise of god is transmitted to others in need that's good and and really a testimony is anything written or spoken about what god has done in history and it reveals the nature of god in acts 1 8 jesus says that you shall receive power after the holy spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me a witness literally in the Greek language essentially just means that somebody has a testimony. Mm-hmm. If, if you call a witness to the stand in a court of law, they give a testimony as to what they saw or experienced. Mm-hmm. And so what we're doing is we are empowered by the Holy Spirit to become witnesses of who we know Christ to be and yeah. what he has done in our lives and what he wants to do in your life. And, and the Holy Spirit actually empowered. So that's another aspect of it. Like, I remember when I first got saved and truly filled with the Holy Spirit, man, I would be in a church service sometimes, and my heart would start to pound out of my chest. And then somebody's, you know, and, and I would know, man, I need to testify. Mm. I, we were eating somewhere one time, and my heart started pounding out of my chest. And a bunch of, I mean, it was church folks around, but I'd never been around church folks. And I knew I got to stand up and tell them what God's done for me. Because the Lord, the Spirit of God is behind the testimony. Mm-hmm. This isn't just something. Every now and then, folks, if we're filled with the Spirit of God, we should be moved to speak about what God is doing. Absolutely. We should be. And, and, and so I would. you ask the Lord, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. I want to declare your testimonies. I want to be faithful to, to share what you've done and to repeat what you've done. And so it's so essential that we guard the testimony, that we build history with God, that we talk about what he has done regularly, and we let it shape our lives. We need to tell when people get healed. We need to tell when people get delivered from addiction. We need to tell the story about how how God moves in our families and, and the story about how he delivers us from generational curses. And if you've not shared your testimony in a while, there's somebody that ain't heard it. 
and and mm-hmm. and they need to hear it and God could do amazing things through your testimony throughout the Psalms David is constantly they're just telling stories of what God did or what God is currently doing or what God did in his life and it's just testimony after testimony he says in Psalm 119:24 your testimonies are my delight they are my counselors mm-hmm. and so what we're asking some of you guys to do is, is as you're processing this testimony thing, writing it out over the next week or so, we want you to show up in, in small groups this week five and, and a few of you share your testimony. Yeah. And let God launch that into something. It could be a testimony about the Lord healing you. It could be a testimony about about your salvation experience, whatever it is, but share your story. Maybe even share what you're currently going through because I think when we when we meet in small groups, oftentimes we come and we just dump out and unload the 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 heartache we're currently going through. Yeah. We need to do that. Yeah. We need to pray for one another that we can be healed through that. But we also gotta find those moments of celebratory experience yeah. where God breaks through. And and I, I felt this before we met, Jeremy. I felt in my spirit that there's a lot of people that are going through a lot of pain and suffering right now. And I really believe that God is asking us to have faith for a complete turnaround in that situation where he's going to bring redemption. He's going to bring the prodigal son home, so to speak. He's going to bring healing into that situation, deliverance into that situation. He wants your hope to arise, your faith to arise, and maybe even just pray. You've poured out your heart, maybe even in small group, about some of these things. But I want the group to come together and pray and say, God, we are believing you for a miracle in this situation. Amen, yeah. And and it's so important to let your faith arise in those situations. But we, we, we've talked about a lot, and I don't want to go too long. So, Jeremy, if you've got something there that you want to. Man, I think that's a great place to end. I think, uh, yeah, we encourage you guys into that this week as you meet in your groups we love you guys so much we appreciate you so much thanks for listening and we will talk to you guys on the next one amen